Thanks for joining us, everybody. Today, you're in for a real treat on Market Meditations. Um, by the way, I'm Neil Modi, and my co-host is Chris Idell. We're interviewing Lahav Gill, who um, was the owner of Kangaroo, um, a prototyping development shop in Toronto for a number of years. And he helped take more than 200 medtech devices, or maybe we we'll just call it devices, to market. Um, Lahav's actually also successfully navigated four exits of companies he was CEO of, two to the public markets. Um, and I'm extremely pleased to have Lahav to learn about how he views the world. And you'll notice that he's nearly as peaceful as Chris too, which is a very interesting comparison um, to be making. And so I've had the great pleasure of getting a chance to know Lahav at Creative Destruction Labs, an incubator in Toronto, uh, based out of the University of Toronto, all over Canada and now the United States and the world, um, and volunteer and mentor companies with him. And his perspective is amazing and very different and very incisive and insightful. And so I thought we might learn a little bit about design thinking from him today. Welcome to the podcast. The big time stuff that I wish I had. The big time stuff that I make you mad. The big time stuff. I like the big time stuff. I like the big time stuff that I never had. <laughs> Chris, I, I was excited for you to get a chance to, like, even just like, uh, I, I don't know, almost like shake hands with Lahav and get a chance to chat. I was pretty excited to bring him on the episode, partly because he's the guy I've met in the last decade who's reminded me the most of you. Both of you have I'm a sorry about that, thought Lahav, that I... by the way. My apologies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, I would say uh, my apologies also. <laughs> he's got a clarity of thought that is unique. Um, he's taken a bunch of, and I gave his bio before, but he's taken a bunch of companies to exit. He's a regular investor, focused in med tech a lot of the mm -hmm. time. Um, but um, as his wife would say about him, that uh, if somebody knocked on his door and said, let's go build a spaceship together, he'd probably say, okay, let's, let's do it. Um, right. And I, and I should, when you look at building I, I, a problem, he just, he's willing to take you. it on. I, uh, and I, I just, just, just uh, want to say small exits. Um, we're not, we're not talking about commercial exits. I, I kind of specialize in pre-commercial exits, uh, which uh, uh, I've specialized, I, sh I should say, uh, closer to, to pre-commercial exits. So, which are know, and, small. and it was funny, I, I hesitated to make a purchase based on what you said to me. Bob. I was talking to Dirk, the CEO of Juno Diagnostics, and he got a, uh, his wife got him a new little neon sign that sat behind him. And, and it's very funny because he's this, this very German guy in terms of some of his seriousness. And it, on the, it's just this funny sign that says, do epic shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am um, I am so glad that that I entered your mind at the right moment at the at the at, you know, as they say at the pregnant moment and uh, yeah, and, uh, and yeah and the, the the seed was there and uh, you made the right decision or I don't know I, actually I don't know what what decision you made but the hesitation itself is an awareness moment and I think that's a good thing. I did not buy it. I thought maybe I should spend a little more on the word tremendous <laughs> nice. um, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe not as, you know, maybe not as impactful as, as the other word. I, I have to be careful because because today I used one of my swear words in order to uh, make give an example of a swear word. So I actually I actually sacrificed 
I sacrificed one, so I only have three, and it's the seventh of the month. It's the eighth today, so I need to be careful. <laughs> you're right on track. So, you're, no, you're right on track. So, one every eight days. So, Chris, or... actually, this is really similar to Lahav's thinking. He really thinks about designing nearly every part of his life, um, from splitting his time between Toronto and Tel Aviv to how he approaches a company to even how he's, um, you know, investing in a company. Like, he thinks more about how to design things than kind of anybody I've met. I mean, Steve Jobs would probably be a little jealous of how Lahav thinks about this would definitely ne- This Ives. would def- ne- definitely need to be stricken from the podcast because it's a way, way, way over the top uh, exaggeration. So you can do that later. Yeah, way, 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 way un- 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 undeserved for sure. I just feel like you de- you design a lot. I mean, you, you, you I try. I, like, I no, it's it's a natural. I, what I will acknowledge is is, the, is that f- from 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 the awareness that a person develops over a fifty year fifty eight year life span, looking backwards, I can see design running through my everything from a very very early age. I just didn't know that that's what it was, and you know what, people even didn't know didn't understand or couldn't couldn't articulate the process of of design or what that even means but today it's 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 relatively simple to just say that some people have have a design process going on in their mind they have images and they 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 kind of block build things and they have an envisionments going on and they can't stop it and this a, you can do many things with it you can you can you can become a sculptor an artist a business person a teacher there's many things that can be done with it. I went into, um, I, I kind of stumbled into industrial design, which which is a which is a very very applicable or applicational uh, stream of of uh, of work. But but I I, um, I thought I thought I I thought I'd suggest that I will um, just for the record, I'll I'll give like a four minute. Um, speed scan of of a summary of a life a professional <laughs> <laughs> can we start with your wife and then build around that do, uh, yes. do you really have mentioned her a few times neil i think you're quite fond of uh, wife. you know i've never met her but she teaches people she studies how to people how learn to te- yeah, how to how to learn and how to teach she mm-hmm. she is a what, what, what people would call a doctor of the learning sciences and, uh, mm-hmm. and and she, she, her territory, she's quite quite remarkable. Uh, um, in her territory, um, she's quite remarkable. She specializes in the um, integration of digital technologies, or what people call digital technologies. I tend to make a very distinct differentiation between a product and a technology. But colloquially, people call these digital technologies. I think these are digital. Um, products, and uh, and she specializes in that in, t- in the integration of those those digital tools um, into the learning environment and into the learning pedagogies and mm-hmm. heuristics, and um, mm-hmm. and she teaches she teaches that and and, and uh, she um, spearheads um, innovation the, the learning and teaching innovation um, for one of Israelis Israel's. Um, um, I would say most prominent um, 
colleges for teachers, a teacher like a mm-hmm. university that teaches teachers. Um, mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. That, that and yeah, so she is quite astonishing um, mm-hmm. uh, in in her field. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So I think build from there. There you go. I think that was a great start. <laughs> so, so now you know uh, why, though, Chris. Why I'm so interested to go meet her one day. Well, yeah. gosh, it seems like uh, quite a symbiotic relationship, Lahav. You have um, <laughs> thank, both thank of you. you really thinking about design and integration. I guess. I guess so. I am. I. I, I think that my life. I am. I am. If I look at, at my life, and, I, and I'm going to try to put that summary in place, so integrate the summary in, into the next few sentences, uh, is, um, it's just because it gives, some, it gives a backdrop for uh, people listening, and it also gives a backdrop or some kind of a framing for the continuation of the, of the discussion. I end up talk, usually I end up talking, like most people do, they end up talking on, about whatever they really want to. It doesn't really matter what you ask. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've been watching too much debate politics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, so um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think my, my, my life uh, has, has kind of rolled along. Mm-hmm. And, um, and um, one thing that I haven't designed from the get-go is I haven't designed the pathway. Uh, upon which I have walked, um, mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. not. Uh, which which maybe is an anomaly, or I never felt the need to. Um, I I kind of grew up in the ranks, and I didn't learn too much uh, formal learning. That wasn't a wasn't a great um, thing for me. And um, and if I if I look at the last thirty years of of my my professional life, I kind of split it into. In, into three, so about about the fir- about the first ten ten years of my professional life, I actually practiced as an industrial designer, and the next ten years, I was uh, I evolved into what we call full cycle uh, product development and, and medical device development, um, mm-hmm. where I led I led uh, product development teams, and and during that time, I, I built one of Canada's uh, uh, most prominent. Um, Medical device and design and engineering and contract manufacturing um, company called the, the Kangaroo Group, and then the last ten years of my life, I, I evolved again more into um, uh, building and investing in, in companies, um, and I I sold Kangaroo about five years ago to our largest comparable, which is Starfish Innovation. Uh, people might not know Starfish in most starfish would be known mostly on the west coast but it's uh, I, I think um, neil was more familiar with triple ring uh, so so th- these these are companies they all look the same these companies they specialize in their generalists in the development of med devices and that's their specialty their specialty is that they're a generalist um, mm. and they and they take they they offload um, all of that knowledge and all of the infrastructure that you need to have in order to develop medical devices, they offload it or they postpone for the client company, they postpone the need to build and invest in, in that infrastructure. So essentially, mm-hmm. they're in service to the investors who have invested in that company, which, which is an interesting way to, to, to look at it. So, so, 
So just going back to, to this, I, I, I sold to, to Starfish and, and then I took some time off. And during that time off, um, I um, uh, joined a small founders uh, or, or a small, small group of founders in Ottawa um, as, as an angel. Um, and, and, um, and I helped them refigure or rebuild a company that they had started, and eventually I sold that company to a group of investors in in, in Toronto, and then I ended up running a, a publicly traded medtech company and rejigged it or built it up um, to become a more of a portfolio uh, or kind of a medtech garage. I called it so. Mm-hmm. Under that umbrella, we were building with one infrastructure and one team. Uh, we were we were building other companies, smaller companies. I should say that the the last five years, I think, of my kangaroo um, uh, time, I was using kangaroo more of a, as an infrastructure um, and a capital for investments and for incubation partnerships. So while kangaroo was selling services, um, engineering, design, contract manufacturing, and so on innovation services essentially regulatory services i in my mind i had migrated somewhere else i was i was um, more strategic more business focused and i was i was just investing kangaroo's infrastructure into partnerships um so so um got 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 the, the the grand fortune i i should say the, the grand privilege to work with extraordinary business people and extraordinary mm-hmm. engineers and amazing scientists throughout my life, um, I've I've been working alongside um, very very special people, um, and you get to do that um, whilst you get to do that being uh, being in 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 the in or practicing these these professions design and engineering and and, uh, and and medical device development you 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 get to work with 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 uh, with people who have different styles of leadership and face different issues uh, as they build companies build organizations and even and so so you're many times you're not you're not in the lead but some of the dandruff, so to speak, kind of brushes off on you, and you get to <laughs> right, so you get to learn. <laughs> Sorry for the crude example, but you get to no, learn. Right, you get to learn a lot because there's there's different types of learning, right? Some, some, the British say that you need to put your chin out to get smacked, and that that is that is great learning. However, if mm-hmm. you're stand if you're standing to the side and you're seeing how somebody else is learning, it's a different type of learning. Um, so I got a lot of lessons from being close to uh, business leaders, and and then I got the learnings from being a business leader and uh, a people's leader uh, in business. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people gave me amazing opportunities, which uh, I've always found that um, throughout my life that I, I received oppor- I received opportunities without you know people checking my uh, track record. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you can relate to to that little problem that everybody has, right? You want to do something? Let's check your track record. Well, I can't relate. 
It's never <laughs> happened for me. Yeah. Especially if you're face, facing a committee. That is always the hurry. Yeah. It's the worst. That also uh, sounds like the voice of inexperience, Chris. <laughs> well, when you've got so, one or two decision makers, you can work with them, but a committee is usually looking for credentials so that they yes, don't. And, and, and rightly yeah. so. I, I think, yeah, by majority, yeah. looking, uh, looking for people who have done it before reduces risk, um, reduces time, reducing capital spend. However, we all have a responsibility to um, to enable future generations to get taught uh, on the track and uh, get battle scars and so on. And I, I think I think uh, I think I've enjoyed a lot of open doors from from uh, from a lot of people, and and I make a point to continue to do so for the younger mm-hmm. generation wherever it's possible, wherever it's possible, and and. Uh, Projects that I've been involved with uh, over the years in, in the medtech um, field involved uh, diagnostic ultrasounds, prostate cancer biopsy, ex vivo lung perfusion machines, military-grade ventilators, remote ischemic conditioning, surgical MRIs, point-of-care blood testing, analyzer, anesthesiology devices, pediatric head coils. Uh, gamma imaging and PET scanners and medication management and point-of-care diagnostics for infectious diseases, surgical tools, and the list goes on and on. It's, it's a very, it's a, I, I worked in a variety of, of these projects and, and really became a generalist uh, mm-hmm. in, in how to evolve them, how to translate them or help people translate them from the science, from the bench, to the product, to the business, to the exit. Prepare them for the exit. I, I don't. I don't want to presume that I made the exit at all. Um, and recent projects that I've been working on in the last year or so are involve um, a surgical laser for ophthalmology applications and, and a deep tech venture that that uh, came out of the Weizmann Institute in Israel, which which uh, is working on an AI navigation and image acquisition and uh, deep tech, and then for point-of-care ultrasounds and uh, an AI precision cancer diagnostics company in the UK. Mostly what I do with these projects, I help the CEOs to build uh, their medtech companies. Um, And, uh, yeah, mostly building the company, developing the medtech culture, which is an inherent part of building the company, and developing, essentially, I'm... Happy to provide business advice, business direction, and so on. But unfortunately, I've also built medical products, so eventually they find out that I uh, that I actually know. <laughs> it, it, it's it's so funny. It's so funny because because there's a lot of business guidance that you can offer a, a, a starting CEO, but then they find out that I actually know medical device product development, and then I'm in trouble because then they want me to start working with their technical teams and. And uh, you know, <laughs> so I end up doing that as well. And um, and and I I tend to use um, frameworks. I like to develop frameworks, and I tend to use frameworks uh, in order to simplify my life and everybody else's life. Um, I hope that, <laughs> that yeah, somehow that's great. Actually, that's a really good strikes an, an interesting note to somebody. Mm-hmm. Oh, undoubtedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hav, when you say you like to use frameworks, can you give me an example of uh, how that looks? And 
Sure, I was I was hoping you'd ask that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and I have a product design that I want you to help me with. We'll get to that later. Uh, yeah, Chris, I thought you were yeah. going to talk about the artificial kidney you designed in your garage okay. on the show. Anymore. <laughs> I'm at yeah. a bottleneck. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> Yeah. So, so, so I'll, I'll mention I'll mention one uh, one very very central framework for 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 what for for how I do things or how I think about things. Uh, the frame it's called the cathedral framework or the cathedral model, and it's not religious. Uh, people do ask me why cathedral? Why not synagogue? You are Jewish after all. Well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's that's how we we named it the cathedral after a, an urban. I think they they call it urban tale or urban fable or urban, urban legend or urban, urban, urban myth, myth yeah. kind of nice little urban myth story which which I I can I can share in a few minutes, but basically the the the, the model the cathedral methodology or uh, or framework, the, the it's a framework and it has methodologies inside it. It evolved over many years very slowly, uh, as as our thinking evolved from working again and again and again with these medtech companies. And, and eventually it emerged as a systems, um, it's a systems approach to building a venture. Uh, so mm. it's, it, it has slightly a tinge of engineering um, um, uh, perspective because it's a systems approach to the entire venture. And the, 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 the um, framework basically teaches that an evidence-based venture is is um, a five-dimensional system, and it has multiple stakeholders. Each um, uh, the stakeholders are distributed um, across these five distinct dimensions, mm-hmm. um, and the dimensions uh, just to to you know to relieve the curiosity. It's a very very simple model, basically doesn't teach a lot. It just organizes the information in in a in a specific way. So the dimensions are uh, the core technology, the product, the business, the exit architecture, and the, and the funding. And we use a variety of words for this, the core technology or the invention, the product or the application, the business or the distribution, the uh, exit or the succession, and the finance or the funding or the capitalization. These are the, the five dimensions. Uh, and... Um, it's important to understand that these dimensions are very distinct. Uh, some of the distinctions are more important than others. For example, that there is a big difference between a technology and a product, and between a product and a business. That's a very; these are very important distinctions that uh, many times mm-hmm. we don't make them uh, uh, acutely enough. Um, and the the other understanding that the model brings um, is that for the venture slash system to be successful, all of these dimensions need to be evolved in alignment. They need to be aligned uh, and they need to be evolved together in concert, in harmony. Um, another important thing that the, that the model teaches is that the way to envision how these, the relationships between these dimensions is like concentric circles. So at the heart, you've got the core technology or the invention, which is surrounded by the product or the application, surrounded by the business or distribution, surrounded by the exit or succession, surrounded or 
dipped inside, swimming inside an, an aquarium of, of the capitalization of the venture. And the stakeholders inside that are distributed in, inside these dimensions, they, they come in subcategories. Not, I think I, um, there's a certain level of detail that I don't want to go into because we'll all lose it. <laughs> but the subcategories subcat- the sub- the sub- of these of these stakeholders and and I don't make the model doesn't make a distinction between um, if if the stakeholder is a person or an entity or a piece of science or a piece of uh, te- technical or a te- or a circuit board. All that the model is interested in, and that's where the engineering aspect comes in, is to understand the requirements and constraint for each of these stakeholders. And it basically maps all of the stakeholders exhaustively in the various subcategories in these five distinct dimensions. And then it tries, it attempts to, almost like these people in the, uh, in the circus that have the spinning plates. That's a medtech venture for you. You've got all... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I laugh because um, Ian and I have oftentimes left a call um, with a startup we're talking to, and we're like, "Are they spinning too many plates, or just enough?" <laughs> we think if people right. looked in on our conversation, they'd be like, "What's wrong with these guys?" Right? This is, but, yeah, but you're describing and it perfectly. It's it's an art because you can't spin all you can't spin all of them with the same level of attention. Right. You have to. Um, all right, it's an art. You have to know which ones to let hang just before they fall, and then come back to them. But mm-hmm. you can't let anyone fall, uh, and that's that's um, and, uh, so. All of these, each plate represents a a set of stakeholders in in the model and a set of requirements. And all these stakeholders have dependencies. They 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 interact, interrelate. Um, um, and I, I, I think part of the novelty is it, uh, of the model or the, the wisdom in the model is that it spreads the systems, the systems approach all across the venture and not only um, on the core tech or the product, but it expands that uh, clarity across the, mm-hmm. across, the entire, across the entire map of the venture. And it treats, it treats, in, it treats the investment uh, or Let's just call it, it treats the capital like a component in a system. And it asks, what are the requirements of the capital? And there's different types of capital that are appropriate for different um, types and different stages of evolution of a company. And the capital is basically treated as a, compo- as a stakeholder with requirements. And, um, and the understanding of these requirements are, are um, um, uh, um, put Put into, or um, um, introduced into the rest of the the, the additional um, layers or dimensions, and mm-hmm. inform the the construction very very clearly and very metho- methodically. They inform the construction. They you bake in, and in my view, you bake in the requirements of the capital. You bake it into the core technology, into the science. And you bake mm. it into the engineering, you bake it into the product, and you, you, you and, and vice versa. So it's it's it all becomes one harmonic um, one harmonic uh, thing. Um, and yeah, I, I guess uh, I guess um, that's that's 
that's the framework without um, right. without going further into detail or showing or without giving mm-hmm. I, I could give examples of a method of a methodology that lives inside inside the the model if, 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 if you find it interesting I find it fascinating actually it's a good way to describe so I'll, I'll explain a simple methodology which I'm sure you know which is a barriers for adoption uh, uh, process so so when when you're when you're when you're building a venture um, you do a ba- barriers for adoption analysis uh, because you want to know everything that uh, will likely go wrong. You want to know in advance, mm-hmm. and you want to design for adoption. So the the cathedral methodology basically says that you want to do a barriers for adoption analysis at every layer or at every dimension, at each one of these five dimensions, and you do it. You want to do a design for adoption, which means every barrier that you encounter. You will you instead of instead of um, just saying oh this will go wrong or this could go wrong you would say what is required in order for this not to go wrong for this not to mm-hmm. happen what mm-hmm. which is a design for adoption type process and it's also a design thinking type process I promise that I explain why the, uh, the cathedral yes, is you called do the, explain the urban myth should I do that okay the urban myth so the story which is very nice actually basically says that a few hundred years ago, there's a person walking along the street in Europe um, and, um, and they encounter at the side of the road, they see two people, each one sitting beside a, a pile of rocks and they're chipping away at these rocks and they, they're creating masonry blocks. They're basically stone masons and, mm-hmm. and they're sitting by the side of the road doing their work. And this person asks the first mason, what what are you doing? And the person replies, "I am um, making uh, masonry blocks out of these rocks." Uh, and they go over to the next person and they ask them, "What are you doing?" And the person looks at them and they say, "Well, well, I'm building this cathedral here on the other side of the road. That's what I'm doing." Mm-hmm. And the the moral of the story or the insight of the story is that these two people were seemingly doing the same work but but actually they weren't one was making blocks the other was making a cathedral was part of the the cathedral building process and um, it's that mindset that uh, that makes all the difference <laughs> um, it's very very mm-hmm. good i quite like right? that and yeah. the, the mindset <laughs> that distinct that distinction in mindset makes a huge difference and you can you can easily wow. see that that mindset would would Yes. So no, I said wow in a good way. It affects the, the workmanship. It affects it affects the, the the relationship building. It it affects so much. And the reason so, so now if you the story goes on and, and says that if you roll the story forty years further in time or forty years down down the time lane, those two masons are walking on the same street. And the first one, uh, and they're walking there, you know, with their grandchild. And the first one looks at their ch- at the grandchild and says, "You see, my child, um, forty years ago, I was sitting here by the side of the road, and I was and I was making masonry blocks." And the other mason will say, "You see, forty years ago, I was part of the team that built this cathedral." And, mm-hmm. and they would be right. Um, we tell this story to any person working inside the venture. 
many times we we um, we tend to tell the story mostly to the scientists who are chipping away at some masonry uh, block but mm-hmm. there are you know some stone that they're converting into a masonry block on their bench in the cellars of a teaching hospital and they're working on their science and mm-hmm. tell them this story because if they ever want to commercialize uh, you don't have to want to commercialize you could be working on basic science and that's totally cool but if you mm-hmm. have a desire to commercialize you better be thinking about the entire cathedral as you're chipping away at your block you should be having cathedral type thinking um, mm-hmm. through the different layers And Mm -hmm. the same story is applicable to the marketing person or to the design engineer or the mergers and acquisition person. We all have to be thinking cathedral. Uh, We cannot afford to just be uh, making these little blocks. And that's that's, uh, that's the story. That's great, Lahab. Thanks. You're welcome. So now, you are you building many small yeah, cathedrals? Yeah. Or, <laughs> you've got a different well, Chris, model. I was going to ask if, a, you're, if you're a cathedral builder or a, you know, a rock chipper you know, at the end of this. I've yeah, been both. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in both worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of the intention is the it's such a great visual, right? To think about it that way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we all, it, it's okay. Like we all tend to migrate or are biased. Into mm-hmm. one or one and a half of these um, uh, of these dimensions, we we tend to be there. The the importance is to first acknowledge that the others exist, and not only that, but to acknowledge that the others carry equal importance, equal and critical importance. I, I mean, we've all talked with with fellow with fellows uh, with different people live in these different dimensions, and that's okay. But we need to learn the language. We need to learn the language of the other dimensions. Because you know, when a scientist talk about talks about strategy, it's different from when a, a, a product engineer talks about strategy versus a business person talking about strategy, uh, mm-hmm. versus a, an M and A person talking about strategy. And have you heard, you know, global acquisitions scouts talking about strategy lately? For, <laughs> for, for the, uh, or from from a, a VC person talking about strategy. So, and the mm-hmm. gap is so. Uh, so big from the core. I mean, between two adjacent dimensions, okay, uh, but the gaps become so big that you get you get people into the same room. They're, they're saying the same words, but very little understanding goes on. So the collaboration level is really low, um, mm-hmm. and and that's part part of what the, the 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 part of the meaning that I that I think this model should be bringing into the world is the acknowledgement that we're all holding hands. We're all building a cathedral, and uh, we need to learn how to listen to uh, to the language and the the perceptions and the the particular lens through which each uh, different um, uh, person looks at the world. And mm-hmm. if we want to be more effective, Chris, I want to read you a quote by uh, Lahav. I have. <laughs> that's that's a surprise. <laughs> when, when did you start quoting me? <laughs> <laughs> I have failed as much as I have succeeded. I accept both as friends. I love innovation culture. It's non-confrontational, magical, creative, healthy, skeptical, and inclusive of diverse perspectives. So that's beautiful, Lahav. (laughs) I I wasn't aware that... 
this is from like I, I've been playing around with building myself a website, but I haven't really told anybody. Uh, I guess I guess uh, um, you have now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 uh, the, the website is up, but I'm working on it, and I haven't um, I haven't kind of spread it out. But I guess Neil. Neil did a little Sherlocking. And, uh, <laughs> right, 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 or, or you right. sent it to me in yeah. one of the two. <laughs> I might have. I might have. But, but, but it's interesting, right? Um, I, I like the fact that the podcast is called Market Meditations because I kind of feel like those two things are opposite, even though maybe they're really inclusive at some very different level. I like the fact that our music starts with, I love that big time stuff which is the opposite of meditations um, of, you know, of a person who's, who's humble and doesn't want meditation. And I kind of think that the more opposite things are, the more similar they are. And the more we can recognize that, the better off we are. I would resonate with that quite, quite uh, deeply. Um, mostly opposites are just seemingly opposites. They, they mm -hmm. just live on different layers of something. And, um, Mm -hmm. I guess we tend to see we're quite defensive. You know, biologically we've evolved a defensiveness, which which gets triggered really, really fast. I mean, you wonder mm -hmm. why, but but there is a biological explanation, at least uh, some 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 systems explanation to to why. Uh, mm -hmm. However, we don't have to be. I mean, um, uh, at the, at this point, we we don't have to feel threatened by a piece of information that we don't understand. I just want to throw out um, to all of our investors, both Chris and myself, that we really still do care about returns. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's an important <laughs> distinction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very much. Um, but yeah. I, I, part of the of part is to, it, it kind of doesn't matter what kind of signal you're getting. Um, it's important to continue to move forward in spite of the signal and, and go build the cathedral. Or, or the return in some cases. I, I believe that the returns are part of the cathedral. Yes. They need to be looked at as part of the yeah. cathedral and not external to it. And, and, and it's, a, it's one cohesive system. The returns are crucial to the cathedral. Um, and, and uh, yeah, as anything, uh, we've been in conversations where the scientists say, well, the most important thing is that the science works. Yeah, that's that's true. And then the engineers say, well, most important thing is that the product performs, and you know we get the get the approvals in place. And yeah, that's true. And then mm -hmm. the the marketing, the salespeople say, well, the most important thing is to ship, 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 and invoice, invoice. Yeah, that's that's true. And so on it goes. Yeah, but, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, it's all true. But it's all true only if it's all true together, not instead of. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's so easy for for us to. Um, uh, belittle things that we understand less about, and we use we tend to use the word just. You know, it's just this. I've, even within dimensions, the mechanical engineer will say it's just software about software, and the software mm -hmm. engineer will say it's just mechanical engineering about mechanical engineering, and and it's even more distinct as as you as you move away in the dimensions, and there's mm -hmm. nothing that is just. Everything has, has, has intricacies and nuances. And, and, uh, and in, in, when you're building a venture, which, which includes the, the ROI, um, it's all one system. 
and, yes. and, and the ROI needs to be planned as part of the system. We all know that the plan doesn't survive uh, you know, contact with, uh, with the opponent on the battlefield. <laughs> but the plan is, the, the plan is not, is not, the plan itself is not the issue. The importance is the planning process. Mm-hmm. And, and anybody who's ever done technology innovation will, will, will testify that the planning process is so important. Um, yeah. You know, Chris, it reminds me a little bit of a conversation I had with you related to how you evaluate management. And I noticed it was the same in um, a startup as it was in a REIT or a public market um, C-suite. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, maybe while you don't have the the cathedral um, <laughs> analogy in your evaluation, your framework, I wonder if it might you might just share it anyway. Some of what you're looking for. Well, I think um, some of what Lahav is talking about uh, resonates very deeply with me too. Um, you know, the obviously best leaders have a full and perspicacious view of their entity as a whole, as a complete and functioning organism. Um, And um, I think more than anything too, um, how do they handle the signals from the market? Um, You know, are are they um, reacting with too much disappointment? Are they too promotional? Are there, you know, any of these things which are sort of red flags? Are they dismissive of contrary evidence? Um, I think clearly those who are more open uh, and responsive to whatever the signals uh, are the ones who will succeed and, of course, um, address those obstacles or barriers or challenges head on and quickly. I so resonate with this, uh, this uh, mm-hmm. especially the part where you're talking about um, dismissive of contrary evidence, which can mm-hmm. happen in any layer of of, of the cathedral. It's uh, mm-hmm. there's a there's a fabulous little snippet from from a movie um, um, that was made about um, Nelson Mandela um, mm-hmm. a few years ago, where. Um, um, What's his name? Uh, the the actor who who plays Nelson Mandela. Um, well, that's a good question. I don't remember. Chad's going to have to help us on the editing that, with that's this. That's Google. Was it was it Forrest Whitaker? Was it, no. Um, Nelson Mandela, Invictus. So. Um, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Or Idris yeah. Elba. Yeah. No, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. Yeah. Morgan Freeman yeah. plays this Mandela. This is very funny. Mute, mute matters. Mute. I'd said this four times. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Freeman, yeah. You were yeah. right there, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Unmute yourself. Uh, and and there is there is a beautiful moment, or there's many beautiful moments in that movie, but the relevant one to the contrary evidence or the, the defensiveness or uh, is and one morning he walks out uh, from the compound with his bodyguards to do his morning walk. And as they walk out, the, the morning newspaper is thrown um, at, on the pavement just in front of them. And the headline says, you know, he has won an election, but, uh, or he, he can run an election, but can he run a country? 
That's the uh, that's the uh, what it says. And the bodyguards get so heated up, they can uh, you know the the response is oh they're not giving you a chance and blah blah blah. And he looks at it and he just says, well, it's a legitimate question. Mm. And I found that moment very insightful. I think it's a mm-hmm. uh, it's a uh, crucial mental position to have if you're into innovation. Uh, and it's basically you use any opportunity of a question coming at you to think deeper rather than believing that it's attacking you in any way. It's just mm-hmm. another opportunity to think and rethink and consider and discuss and to maybe find something that you weren't aware of. <laughs> this, this reminds me of, uh, I, I keep saying this to you, Chris, so, so sorry. Um, this reminds me of, of, of Roger Kumar saying uh, the things that are going to hurt you the most are the things you're convinced of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he plays that yeah. in my head every day now, right? Like, <laughs> Roger, I understand it already. And, and, and we're all, we're all, and we're, we all have our biases. And we're, when, when, whether we're building a venture or whether we're investing in somebody else's venture, whether we're working, you know, it doesn't matter which components of, of the cathedral we're working with. When we're evaluating an investment, we're biased. Uh, just like mm-hmm. the people um, 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 inside the venture are biased. And, and in some sense, the bias or the passion and, and the conviction is important. But we should kind of be able to have both, to have a, a, to have a passionate approach to what we're what we are committed to and what we believe in mm-hmm. um, uh, and to examine it at the same time and to poke holes at it at the same time because that's part of the process and as an investor you have to be willing to let your the thesis that you're building up in your head collapse <laughs> yes several times mm-hmm. <laughs> i think we've both experienced that right Chris? <laughs> <laughs> No. And, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing because yes. if, if the theory, if the thesis or the theory that you're building about the company and about its probability of success, if the theory is good, you can rebuild it after it collapses. You can reconstruct it. If, if, uh, if, if, it, if, if it can't be built again, well, hooray. It's a good thing that you've made to collapse. Right, made the it last collapse. Rogerism of the day, the other mm-hmm. thing Roger says to me is when your biggest short can become your biggest long, <laughs> you know you've made it. Yeah. Exact same thing. I, Lahav, it's so interesting to hear uh-huh. you say these things. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. And, and I, I, th- I think it's uh, if we want to, if we want to, um, if we want to be able to um, uh, to do this, we we have to systematically move ourselves away from defensiveness. And mm-hmm. into this mindset of, oh, that's a legitimate question. Let's examine that for Do, a day Does or that two. mean I can make a comparison between you and Steve Jobs at this point in the episode? No, you cannot. <laughs> this is the... <laughs> uh, there is no comparison. There is no comparison. The, the, uh, the man um, is extraordinary on, on, on the map of, of, of known humans. I'm not saying that there aren't extraordinary people that we just haven't heard of because their field of expression is is not on a scale that Steve Jobs chose to put his field of expression on. But mm-hmm. with well, there may there may be hidden geniuses. We have to accept that fact. They they, they may be working mm-hmm. out there somewhere. But from the people we know, this this person 
is a remarkable uh, remarkable point on the on, on the human map mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and lahav um going back to your current structure of business you've got uh, now rather than one whole organism it seems like a sort of incubator structure right where you've got um many smaller well let me let me quote lahav <laughs> again before he answers his own question sure <laughs> I, I get easy easy <laughs> job I'll, I'll just listen no just one quote i think it's really interesting to, to part of the answer and you may not give it here is um diligence by doing i've never heard anybody else quite say that so that that's a big part of how lahab will mm -hmm. will look at something yeah well is this is this new structure a way for you just to um keep your curiosity turning um to see many different projects at different levels or stages or uh, how I'm did thinking. you get upon this i so i'm thinking well, as, as you're asking, I'm just mm -hmm. uh, considering all this. Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting that you called it a structure. I did not think of it as a structure, um, but it might look like a structure now that it's mm -hmm. there. Uh, however, it evolved from mm -hmm. one thing to the next. And, and, and um, it, recent conversations with, um, with Neil have, have, have caused it to evolve even more. Um, um, I, I guess I guess I had many requests to, um, or I should say, I had several requests to CEO other companies, and I found myself saying no because it's it's not my time yet. I, I feel I feel that I've done enough uh, CEOing for for. Um, for now, many uh, lifetimes. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah. Well, uh, there is a burden. The, the, mm -hmm. uh, I, I won't lie. I really enjoy um, um, having a command, uh, as they say, and mm -hmm. and um, using using the 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 infrastructure of an or, of of the of an on our organization. And when I say infrastructure, I mean in a very very broad sense. Not just the physical infrastructure, but the culture is also part of the infrastructure. As, 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 uh, the, the strategy is part of the infrastructure. Uh, I, I, I love working with that infrastructure as my toolkit. And, and I think many people who are in leadership uh, enjoy that. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a way to leverage um, your, your abilities and to expand them quite, quite rapidly uh, through other people. Mm -hmm. um, but it carries a burden. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> it carries a burden, and and mm -hmm. I, I uh, so I found myself retreating from those requests, and um, and then there was one request, uh, the ultrasound company from from the Weizmann Institute in in Israel. I said no, but I was really interested in what they were doing, just because I have so much experience um, in the business of ultrasound. Uh, I, I, I've I've had many touch points with with a variety of ultrasound technologies and products and companies and people, uh, whether it's diagnostic ultrasound, uh, generic, purpose specific, or for for prostate uh, guidance or, or therapeutic ultrasound ablation. So I kind of know that space, and um, I thought it would just be such a waste if I only say no. 
uh, without hmm. without. So so I said, you know what? No, but if you find a CEO and they want me to, I'll work alongside them and um, contribute. And that started it for me. Um, mm. that, that really started it for me. And, and they did find a CEO, an amazing, amazing uh, person. His name is Davidi. Uh, and um, he decided that he would like to, you know, accept my offer to work with me. Um, so, so that's how it all started. And, and mm -hmm. I tend to observe um, what I do. Uh, in order to find out more about it, and I guess many people have that process. You, you, um, you look at what you're doing, and you look, uh, you look backwards to try to understand if there's a pattern, or there's, or there's a, or there's a DNA there, or there's a model, or something that can then be defined and then expanded or replicated. And, and I, and I realized that that I have something uh, that I, that I have something to offer to CEOs, and it's a it's a different model to leverage core expertise and capabilities um, and so so I started um, replicating it and then I uh, and then I and then I sort of met Neil and <laughs> <laughs> and he, he had a few he had a few insightful suggestions I, I, I don't I'm hesitant to repeat because this is going to be a public podcast and some some of these insightful suggestions are still kind of I think in more private or you know, right. they should be incubated right. there's still an incubation they're not ready to be born yet but but Neil showed <laughs> me ways to expand the model uh, to scale the model uh, mm -hmm. even more and um, yeah I, 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 I guess it, it, in the thought process or the observation process, I, I'm asking myself: So, what is it that what is it that I have to contribute in this in this model where you're working alongside a business leader and their leadership mm -hmm. team? Uh, and and there's a few there's a few components that I already know about it, and some that are yet to be to be discovered. So, I know I, I offer a creative strategic process or I, I mm -hmm. enable creative strategic thoughts to, to come up and and I, 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 I know I can offer an, an external perspective which is so important to any CEO to have somebody who will offer them an external perspective or pull them upwards you know into a higher view that they can have an external perspective about what it is that they're doing question question them in, in a non-threatening way in a, in a constructive mm -hmm. way and then mm -hmm. there's just the just the industry know-how, and and maybe not less importantly is that I've built medtech organizations. So so I've been through the movie, and uh, building a medtech company, an evidence-based company, is a templated um, approach. There's there's a there's a stepping system uh, uh, to do that. Um, it, it's not that it's exactly the same in, in every, but the movie is, is pretty well known. You know, there's Act One, Act Two, Act Three, and you need to know them. And if, mm -hmm. if uh, <laughs> you'd be lost without knowing uh, the acts and without understanding the language. And and if you're working with uh, professional investors who also understand the movie and understand the language, it's important to be able to speak the language to describe the process to them so that they can trust that you know at which stage you're actually walking. Some people 
many times in medtech people believe they're in act three but they're only in act one and i've seen that reflected <laughs> in the valuation of many a deck sent to me <laughs> absolutely yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah for valuations many times people believe that they're in act five or six <laughs> it, it, bec- it becomes problematic when 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 an inexperienced investor actually is willing to yes, accept it's actually more hurtful those, to the company uh, than uh, yeah. yes absolutely yeah and it's and it's yeah and, and 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 we've seen many times we've seen how companies basically turn themselves into uninvestable because of because of these mistakes uh, because 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 people have thought improperly about where they are for real and uh, and jacked up valuations and you know what somebody accepted that and that's it. You've basically signed a death warrant for the company, mm. never to be invested in again. Or, or a down round that is bad for the ego of all of the employees yeah, yeah. and the company itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very detrimental. So, so, so being able to, to um, having been through the movie several times and having seen other people go through the movie several times and experienced um, alongside them and in person, uh, some of some of the the, the the battle scars and some of the traps. That's a very important thing to offer to uh, to a CEO, especially a young CEO and, and uh, who hasn't been there, who has some brilliance and some some other type of brilliance that they're bringing. But if you if you accompany that with a more experienced, call it mentor, coach, CEO, buddy, handholder, uh, somebody to talk with, whatever you want to call it. it, it um, you you uh, you de-risk the whole uh, you de-risk mm. the entire cathedral. You know, Lahab, I, I actually kind of wonder, you know, as as a closing question to you, um, what advice you'd give to uh, young people wanting to start a, a company? I know that's a big question, but uh, let's imagine you have actually only five minutes because <laughs> the elevator's really slow. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 advice would I give to a young person who wants Just to build, build a, a medtech company? Not a medtech company, a company. Build, okay, because there, sure. there there is a distinct difference between building a tech a regular tech company a and bakery. an evidence based company. <laughs> yeah. But but there is a distinction, right? With regular companies that are not medtech, not evidence based, you don't need the evidence. There's most most businesses are perception based adoption models, and with medtech, mm-hmm. uh, with things that are clinical or bio or you know life science things, it's a it's an evidence based adoption model and a perception based adoption model. So so there is a distinct difference. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like even the, the person starting the bakery could benefit from that, though. You know, um, how can you prove that it's actually going to work? Maybe it's worth starting with a small batch of croissants. Okay, thanks. Thank, thanks for pointing it out. So, so obviously, I don't have a ready-made answer. So I should say <laughs> that's so perfectly really okay. <laughs> don't mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. really know. I don't have a ready answer. I'm just thinking kind of using the opportunity to say that's a legitimate question inside my mind and to see what's the best answer I can come up with right now. What's Mm -hmm. an an answer? And I think one of the answers is that um, I'll put a concept forward in that elevator and I've used up three of my minutes, so I have two. 
and and the concept is that anything that comes to your mind my young my young and fellow uh, uh, fellow kindred spirit entrepreneur anything that comes to your mind treat it as an assumption and instead of designing products and services try to design experiments to prove or disprove your assumptions and mm-hmm. if you happen to need to build some prototype in order to conduct the experiment so be it and go and build that product but it but it's experiments that you're designing this is this is i didn't invent this this is lean startup approach it's just i'm putting my words to it mm-hmm. lean startup approach says we're all we're, we don't really know we assume we know let's let's be aware that these are assumptions let's design really quick experiments to prove a hypothesis and whatever props we need to put into these experiments let's put the props in and if it requires a little bit of an more of an elaborate uh, prop which you'd call an, a prototype or an advanced prototype or a piece of scientific uh, or clinical you know uh, test or trial to to provide certain evidence and so be it what's uh, what's the mini- minimal viable thing that we that that we would need to build in order to conduct this experiment mm-hmm. i would put that little piece of um, of um, wisdom with that um, young and aspiring entrepreneur who wants to open a bakery <laughs> and 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 they, they would apl- they would apply it at any level of the cathedral for example the question of where would be the best location for this bakery so this is a question that comes from the business layer this is not a core technology uh, layer question because mm-hmm. the core technology would 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 deal more with the dough the dough that uh, that uh, or the different types of dough um, mm-hmm. and the product layer would deal more with you know with the variety of, of baked goods that the bakery would but a business question would, would be around business models, location, marketing. So I would, any, anything that is, any thought that comes to mind in the design of their cathedral, I would treat it as an assumption that would need to be experimented with. Design your experiment, mm-hmm. figure out where the best location for the bakery is before you, before you rent the building. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it requires so multiple So Chris, if you're going to start a bakery, just go sell mm-hmm. the croissants first and see if they sell out front. <laughs> and ship some to La Havana. I just yeah. want to end on that in case you decide to start a bakery. Well, I, I for me, just uh, so you need to know, I eat gluten free products because I was diagnosed with celiac about two years ago. So, so um, <laughs> he's just yeah. trying to make sure so, you make um, him croissants, make, make sure to send gluten free ones for him. <laughs> I will make their. I'll make sure yep. that they are gluten free. Yep. Bahab, I'll get your address for meal <laughs> and send them from our, our bakery. Uh, or you, or you can experiment. You could start sending all over the place until you hit my head. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on Market Meditations, Lahab Tonko. The big time stuff that I wish I had. The big time stuff that'll make you mad. The big time stuff. I like the big time stuff.